Who are you? I am Officer Carlos Panizo. You heard it here first, guys. Our very first interview, we are here with Officer Panizo. Welcome back to Interview Fridays, the first interview Friday of the season. Um, we're just excited to have Officer Panizo here. He's an icon here at Maine South. Um, and yeah. Yeah, first first things first, uh, we want to give a shout-out to people that submitted questions. These are good questions. <laughs> it was hard to not ask Officer Panizo here uh, questions before the interview, so we had to kind of keep our mouths shut to save them and hear the answers. So, Before we start, we just want to say Officer Panizo is a dedicated, avid listener to Lunch Table Talk. <laughs> um, we are so happy to have him on here, and we're so excited to get started. So starting off, just... What is your role here at Maine South, just for people that don't know you? Sure. So, uh, I mean, I am a Park Ridge police officer, and my assignment for 10 months out of the year is a school resource officer for Maine South High School. So, obviously, with that uh, comes a main goal of keeping the students and staff safe at the high school. Uh, but beyond that, I've got a lot of different responsibilities, lots of traffic responsibilities in the morning and afternoon. Um, a lot of times... Uh, certain cases will come up within the school that get assigned to me uh, since I'm the officer assigned to the high school. Uh, for instance, if there was like a theft or some kind of crash in the parking lot, right? Uh, any kind of crime that happened here in the school falls to me. Uh, and then a lot of what I do is uh, social work related. Uh, a lot of times uh, students might have issues outside of school that present in school, uh, some family issues uh, that I, as a police officer, have a lot of resources outside of the school, a lot of social service resources that I have uh, to utilize, and we work really hand-in-hand with the resources here that students have, counselors, psychologists, um, assistant principals, just to help them uh, if they're in a time of crisis. That's, I mean, wow. <laughs> yeah. And so that I knew that you held all those responsibilities. Yeah, right? What a, wow, that's awesome. Um, I guess it's, I have a question that's like maybe kind of the basic question but it's kind of an, it's, it's interesting especially for like the seniors like when we're kind of and maybe juniors too we're kind of deciding like what we want to do after high school um, why did you decide to be a cop so that's a great question you know what in high school uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do I knew I liked sports so I thought oh I'd like to coach uh, but I didn't know of a line to coach professional sport right how do you become a professional coach right <laughs> but I knew that all of the coaches I had were mostly teachers and educators so that was sort of in the back of my mind uh, I went to college at Northeastern Illinois University um, and thought about becoming an education major so many of my friends were education majors when I looked at what I needed to do to get out of there in the few more years it was more than what I wanted to do so I graduated with a speech and performing arts degree Whoa. which is kind of odd right yeah. Uh, and then I went into work at just corporate America for a few years. Um, my younger brother became a police officer. He said, hey, I think you'd really like it because as kids, we thought, oh, we might like to be police officers. Uh, I looked into it. I went to uh, sort of an orientation for potential new officers. And they talked about, besides just being a police officer, pulling people over for speeding, what mm -hmm. have you, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there are specialties that you could do. You could become a range officer if you wanted to educate fellow officers on how to shoot uh, you could be a defensive tactics officer if you wanted to, you know, work with martial arts. Um, you could be a school resource officer, which that really spoke to me in that orientation mm -hmm. to say that that's kind of cool because I kind of wanted to be an educator and I never really followed that path. Um, I think I'd like to be a police officer if I and if I ever do get to that opportunity to be a school resource officer, I'd love to get it. So 
here I am. Uh, years later, I did become a police officer, mm-hmm. and now uh, I'm 15 years on the job. But after my 14th year, yeah. the opportunity arose here at Maine South, and I put in for it, and I got it. So happy to be here. That's awesome. That's like a, that's like a perfect mix between like what you wanted. Yes. Like, it's like yes. All, everything that you wanted, I guess, mixed into one thing. Like Definitely. With kids. It's, it's very rewarding. Uh, now, I know you guys are supposed to be interviewing me, but I had some questions <laughs> for you guys, too. Okay. okay, yeah. Of course. So, yeah, my first question is for Tommy. Number one, does anyone ever call you Touchdown Tommy? <laughs> my, it's funny that you say that. My godfather, living in New Jersey, tunes in every single game. Uh, I am the closest thing that he has to his son, nicknamed for me, you know, and the heading to every text, Touchdown Tommy. Oh, stop. <laughs> I did not know that. And that's what I know this is also a true story. Before I became a police officer, I was a football scout. So I worked for Stats Incorporated for eight years, and I and I did uh, college scouting for them for their periodicals and their website, mm-hmm. and then uh, fantasy football scouting as well. Wow! Right? So I know what I'm talking about when I when I do scouting and grading. <laughs> and I will say, after the first two Maine South games, I graded. And do you want to know who graded top of the entire team <laughs> of Maine South football? Any guesses? Tell us who. Well, it was Mike Sajenko. Oh! <laughs> I knew that. I knew that would be the answer. Do you want to grade it out second? Touchdown, Tommy Lucas. Hey, I, I actually I know that. That's actually awesome to hear. I would assume that that would be. That yeah, would be no, like I'm not saying Coach and Sarah agrees with my grading. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that very much. And I obviously you know what you're talking about, so it's good to hey, hear. What about my touchdown and powder puff? <laughs> listen, are you leaving me out here? No, listen. No, you want to know? So let's talk about Caroline Barker. First oh, of all, no. <laughs> I, I knew Caroline Barker because you are Katie Barker's older sister. Oh, I'm no, just known from Katie Barker. Shout out, Katie. Point. Yeah, shout, shout out, Katie. She's a soccer player extraordinaire. She plays with my daughter, uh, Molly Penizo. So shout out, Molly Penizo. Shout out, Molly Penizo. Eighth grader at Lincoln Junior High. Um, I, I now have to shout out my other daughter, Sydney Penizo, who's a sophomore here. Shout out, Sydney. So Caroline Barker. Well, first of all, after the game, I said, did you have any idea that you were going to be Jerry Rice in this game? And Caroline gave me a polite smile and said no, and I knew immediately she had no idea who Jerry Rice was. So Jerry Rice is only the most accomplished, best wide receiver ever to play football. And Caroline, I'm going to say this. I've seen one powder puff football game before. I watched a touchdown that was pretty good. It was, I want to say it was... Um, Hannah to Francesca Ferracci, which was wow. a pretty good touchdown. But, uh, fun fact about that, Francesca Ferracci was wearing my gloves on that touchdown. Oh, yes, yes. So I, that was a pretty <laughs> wow. good touchdown. This isn't about you. I've never <laughs> seen a better touchdown until this no year. No way. Caroline Barker was insane. No way. <laughs> I'm honored. I just had, I want to run something by you really quickly. Sure. Um, and this is a sensitive topic. Uh, but the day before that happened, you know, I, I got, got a position as the assistant Potterpuff head coach and Caroline, no, you did not get the position. You just walked in. Okay, you walked out anyway. Anyways, uh, uh, Caroline dropped the pass in practice, uh, the day before. And I, I got in her face about it. Uh, I mean, like I, I yelled at her. Um, and she, she was mad at me no. for a good week. Do you know what he said to me? He's like, if I ever did that, coach and Sarah would Kick me off the team, blah blah. He's like, I, I no, you were like, you, you were like, Caroline, you should not play, you should not play sports if you're gonna act like that. <laughs> He's like, you should not be involved in any sort of athletics if you're gonna respond to me like that. I was like, it's a powder puff football practice. I literally dropped the ball. I do not play football, and this kid is yelling at me. It was rude. Back to my question. Uh, do you think that that 
helped her catch that ball? Do you think that type of reinforcement? No. I'm, I'm going to say, <laughs> it's hard to argue with the results. Yeah, true. Right? It's hard to argue with the Whatever. results. The result is that she, and shout out to Molly Pistorius, mm-hmm. shout out to the running back, the Kaylin Fahey. Fahey girl. Oh my wow. goodness. Yeah. Remar- the, the three of you guys, that poor junior class had no <laughs> Now I'm going to say, this junior class is going to get redemption when they're seniors. I've yeah, already set true. the line at at negative 21 points that against this weak sophomore mm-hmm. class. And listen, if you're a sophomore girl and you have and you want to say that you're not weak, then by all means email me at tilacasio. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys can fight about it with me. I can't that reference. That's how you know he's an avid listener. <laughs> I have another question. And this one's for Tommy. So Are you I, interviewing I, us? I, I, it, might, it might happen. So, Tommy, I'm going to ask you, before, to, before here, this year, have we ever met? I, I don't believe so, no. So, I ask, because, so I know the name Lacasio, because, again, shout out to Molly Finizzo. Molly is, uh, is classmates for all six, uh, five years at Washington School with Sean. Yes. So, I knew the name Lacasio, right? Mm-hmm. So backtrack about, I want to say maybe six years, I get a call that there's five to seven youths on the roof of a school, okay? So no. I respond, right? And I want to say, it might have been Carpenter School. So as I respond, I, I'm driving up, and there's like five to six little heads on the roof that all duck down. Oh my and goodness. I drive up to five to six BMX bikes that are on the ground. Oh, my goodness. Right? So I come up, and I said, guys, you got to come down. And there was no response, right? So I said, guys, I have all your bikes here. If you want, I'll just call your parents to come get you. And so all these little heads popped up. Oh, my God. And they all clammed down off the roof. And I said, listen, I'm going to cut you guys a break. I'm just going to take your names down, and if I find you up on the roof ever again, your parents are going to get a call. But one of those kids was a Lacasio. So I don't was it was it, was it you or was it Pretzel Legs Senior? I mean, to be completely honest with you, it was not me. No. Okay. So <laughs> it was it was I would bet my life savings that it was my brother Danny. Gotcha. Him and his friends used to do that all the time. Uh, like that, 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 that was like a thing for them. So you know, cool. Whether or not you were alerted of it. So shout happened. out, Danny. I gave you a pass that time. I hope that you took my warning and didn't go back. There you go. Seems like seems like he should have been taking that warning, and I, now I know not to make that mistake. Yeah. I'm not gonna like say that I don't know how to climb onto that roof, uh, but I, I can confirm that that was not me. No. It's awesome. I love that. All right. Any more questions for us? I'm sorry. I don't want to object to your interview. I apologize. No, I love it. Please. Um, Jill, do it. All right. This is a this is a big one. My favorite, my, my personal favorite. Me too. <laughs> Have you ever committed a crime? <laughs> um, so I'll think, like right away it comes to me when I was seven years old. Oh my god! I, I took a candy bar from the corner store. No. I did. Wow. I was very nervous about it. I got away with it. Scot free. <laughs> Besides will, the guilt. Yeah, the guilt. The guilt didn't stop me from when I was 11 years old from taking $3 sunglasses from the Walgreens. But I got to say, I was so stressed out after I took those sunglasses. Like, I secretly went back the next week and put them back. (laughs) So I will say, I will admit to those two crimes. Uh, I did not pay my debt to society for them. But trust me, I was super, super felt guilty about it. And uh, that was the end of my criminal career. So you're telling me that you're... A cop, but you're also a criminal at the same time. <laughs> I'm just saying that I might utilize the skills that I came across as a youth uh, in my crime-solving career today. 
Wow. I guess the I'm end. Shocked. I guess the end justify the means <laughs> in that aspect. Maybe, but by all means. I'm not condoning that anyone steal anything from Walgreens. We don't condone that. That's never behavior that LTT condones. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Officer Panizo, what is your best cop story or craziest thing you've had to deal with as a cop? Uh, craziest thing. So I, I this is a go-to story I often tell when uh, kids ask me this. In a lot of times, I'll give talks in social studies classes. Uh, this goes back. I want to say it was maybe 2013 or so, uh, and I was working the day shift. And I'd come in in the morning, and the, the guys on the night shift were uh, going through some photos. I'm like, oh, what are you guys looking at? And unfortunately, the night before, someone had committed suicide uptown uh, at the Metro train station by jumping in front mm, of a train. Yeah. So unfortunately for that night shift, part of their responsibility was to, to document where all the pieces of this unfortunate person landed, and they had to pick them up and collect them for the, for the medical examiner's office. And I just remember thinking to myself, oh, my God, I'm so glad that I didn't work last night. What a crummy thing to have to do, right? And mm -hmm. it, it just, it was horrible. It really struck me. Um, and it, it was, I was just very appreciative that I didn't work that previous night, okay? Mm -hmm. So this was 6 in the morning, the beginning of my day. Uh, approximately 2 in the afternoon, we get a call to the same train station, a suspicious person. They, uh, someone at the train station called. They said there's a man who's sitting on the train tracks and he says he wants to end it all. Oh, no. So uh, I get there along with another officer, uh, Officer Abenante. Shout out, Officer Shout Abenante. Out. <laughs> She's retired now, uh, but she was an awesome partner that day. So as she gets up, she starts walking up to him, and I'm about maybe 30, 40 feet from them, both of them. And she says, hey, buddy. And he jumps up, and he puts his hand in his windbreaker, and he says, get back from me. I have a gun. So the two of us automatically draw our weapons, and we're just saying, show us your hands, show us your hands. And he is not showing his hands. He's got his hands inside his windbreaker, and he says, you're going to have to shoot me. You're going to have to shoot me. Oh well, no. I'm glad neither of us shot him, but we were just at a standoff saying, you have to show us your hands. Uh, Officer Abenante, wisely, she got on her radio and let dispatch know, hey, we're on the tracks. Can you tell the metro train to, to stop? So the dispatcher said, sure, I'll call them. As she says this, I'm looking, we're uptown, right? I'm looking down toward the D-Road station, and, and I see what looks like a light, but I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's a train coming, right? And as I wonder that, the gates start to come down. Oh, ding, no. Ding, ding, and it is a train, and I can see that it's an express train. It's not stopping at our station. It's coming fast. So at that point, as the, as the gates start to come down, uh, this gentleman, uh, he took his hands out of his pocket. He didn't have a gun, but then he laid down on the tracks, just sort of, spread eagle on the tracks. Uh, so I grabbed both his arms and dragged him off across the side of the tracks. And now I'm wrestling with him to get him cuffed because I don't know if he has a gun and I'm holding one hand and he ha now has one hand free and it looks like he's going to go back in his windbreaker. And I kept thinking, oh my God, I hope that I didn't make a mistake that I didn't grab the other hand. And just at that moment, Officer Abenante comes. She had crossed the track in front of the oncoming train too and she stepped on his other hand uh, to prevent him from reaching any weapon. It turns out he didn't have a weapon. Uh, he was just a suicidal subject. We got him to the hospital um, for the help he needed, right? Mm -hmm. um, but that was the craziest day. It was really crazy, really scary, right? That, that train was coming pretty quick. Now, it wasn't a situation where, you know, it was like we got him off and wish it came by. We still had maybe 10 seconds of leeway, um, but it was scary. That's really wow. scary. Oh, my goodness. I don't know how, like, that's just, like... 
It's an insane, just like, you thought it was going to be a regular day. Yes, yes. And it was, it was just so weird that I had just thought that morning how appreciative I was mm-hmm. that I didn't have to work last night right. where we had to take care of that suicide that had happened. Mm-hmm. And I have no doubt that that gentleman in the afternoon of the shift I worked had heard the news story of what had happened the night right. before. And that probably gave him the idea. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, I feel like it's stories like that, you know, like... That, like, make you want to become a cop. Like, you know, saving people's lives and stuff like that. Yeah, and I'll say this, that the, obviously that day I felt um, I felt great that I could make a difference, right? A positive difference in yeah, someone's life. And those kind of feelings are what get you through uh, the job. I want to say, I don't know any, any officer that took the job to be appreciated or to get thank yous. Although they're always nice, right? Mm-hmm. I always, if someone says, hey, thank you for your service, I'm always saying thank you so much for your support, right? Mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. Yeah. But I, it, it's not needed, and I don't know that any officer took the job for that. Uh, but I can say from personal experience that those instances where I know I've made a difference are very few and far between, right? It's a lot of just, you know, writing speeding tickets or uh, what have you, you know, taking dog bite complaints. Mm-hmm. Um, but those few and far between moments that sometimes happen years apart are really enough to get me through mm-hmm. another few years. They're, they're really um, rewarding. Wow. I'm like kind of in shock right now. <laughs> I'm a little bit shocked, but to lighten the mood, I actually have a story. Um, this was... I'm not a felon, okay? So this was... <laughs> Thank you. I just want to lighten, lighten the mood because it reminded me of a story. And I don't know if Officer Pizzo and I have met before this, but we're going to find out. So this was fifth grade. I'm walking to Starbucks with my little sister, Katie, and we live right by uptown. And so we cross the train tracks, whatever, go get our Starbucks. I remember I was trying like a new snickerdoodle frappuccino or something. This was fifth grade. So Katie was in second grade. And so on the way back, the, the train tracks go down. And so we're just waiting. And I swear, five minutes goes by. There's no train. And there's, at this point, crowds of people just waiting. And we look and there's no train. And we were like, okay, what's going on? And so everyone just starts going under the train tracks because they're like, it's broken, whatever. So me and Katie, me being in fifth grade, I'm like, okay, it's fine. So me and Katie go under the train tracks, um, under the like crossing thing. We go home, whatever. And then my mom finds out somehow. <laughs> and I don't, I still don't know to this day how she found out, but one of her friends was walking up town or driving and saw us cross the train tracks and my mom and dad were furious at me and Katie. And so she drove me, Katie, and, and Will, even though Will, my brother, wasn't there, to the police station. <laughs> and she made us walk inside and apologize to all of the police officers in the police station of town. So, Officer Panizo, I don't know if that was you. But <laughs> I was not there. <laughs> all three of us were bawling our eyes out. Will's like, I don't even know why I'm here. I didn't even do this. We're scared. We're scarred for life. And ever since, I will never cross the train tracks with the guard down ever again. That's good advice. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah. I swear they were broken, though. Uh, so I, got, I have a little bit of a question here, um, because me and my friends have, a, have, have kind of an ongoing joke about this. Or we used to, I would say. This was more when we were freshmen or sophomores, when bike riding was popular. But so when I took driver's ed, uh, it was made, made aware to me that when you're above the age of 14, it is illegal to ride your bike on the sidewalk. So, I'm going to say this. He's like, not this so, again. So, I'm trained in the, the Illinois Vehicle Code, right, which which takes um, care of, like, all the laws on roads. 
and in some road, some laws that are off roads as well. So, for instance, if you were drunk behind the wheel of a car in the jewel parking lot, you could be arrested for DUI, mm -hmm. right? Um, but you could never be arrested for speeding in a jewel parking lot, right? Yeah. Um, so, bicycles is also covered in the Illinois Vehicle Code. There's a there's a blanket one that says all bicycles must follow the rules of the road when they're on the streets. Um, but I promise, like I would never enforce. Like when I see kids riding bikes on the on the sidewalk, I I, I feel it's I feel it's safer, right? Yeah, um, true. Mm -hmm. I, I don't Very drive a, like I learned how to drive a motorcycle, but I don't drive a motorcycle just because I never trust the other person, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm never going to personally like tell a kid, hey, what are you doing? The only thing is sometimes you have to like walk your bikes in uptown because they, they pass an ordinance, ordinance that you shouldn't be riding on the sidewalk yeah. in uptown. So right. I might ask a kid, just walk your bike. And I think they only pass that just because so many people are on the sidewalks. Sci yeah. yeah. Um, same with skateboards. They ask you, you mm -hmm. don't ride your skateboard on the sidewalks uptown. Uh, so that may be the case. Uh, I, I honestly don't know. The Illinois Vehicle Code is hundreds and hundreds of pages long. Um, so I can't say for sure. Uh, <laughs> but I'll tell you, I'm never going to... Uh, get on a kid for riding on the sidewalk because yeah. I feel it's safer. <laughs> one of the one of the funniest videos that I've ever received was uh from Alan Bielski. Shout out. Uh, he sent me a video of him <laughs> riding on his bike on the sidewalk, <laughs> and there was a cop in the South Park parking lot. He was like, he just he looks in the camera. He's like, he's like. I'm riding my bike on the sidewalk, and there's a cop <laughs> right there. <laughs> <laughs> he just right past. He's like, that, that was close. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I met Bielski just a couple weeks ago in the parking lot here. Uh, shout out to Alan Bielski. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Lots of shout yes. outs. Yeah, I'm just gonna shout them all out. <laughs> Please do. Please do. That last question led me to have another thought. Um, what is the most absurd law that you have to enforce? Oh, that's absurd. I feel law like there's a few <laughs> that I have to enforce. Um, let's see. You know what? The, uh, here, here. So there is a, an ordinance um, that covers excessive barking. Oh gosh! You know? uh, and wait, my <laughs> dog. This happened to us. This happened to my family. Right. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'll say this, but it's tough because I get it. Like if you're the neighbor who doesn't have a dog. And the dog is just barking, barking, barking all day. I get it that it's it could be annoying, mm -hmm. right? But at the same time, I feel like dogs are a part of m most people's lives, right? And dogs bark like that's what they mm -hmm. do. Um, so it's difficult when I, we get a call because obviously it's important to that person who's calling the police. You know, they're calling the police department to say, "Hey, can you enforce this?" So it's always a challenge. I always try to do my best to talk to the dog owner. Hey, can you bring your, your dog in? Mm -hmm. Because otherwise uh, I don't want to have to cite you a ticket, yeah. right, for excessive barking. So it's tough. And I definitely don't want to say that that's a dumb law, right? Um, no, I'm not saying <laughs> He's that. not it's saying right, that. Right, right. <laughs> do not cancel officer. Right. So <laughs> Chief Kaminsky is listening to this podcast. <laughs> Mayor Maloney. Shout right? out Chief Kaminsky. And Mayor Maloney. I am not saying that's a dumb law. I am just saying sometimes it's difficult to enforce these things. And, be, and it's also difficult to say when is it excessive and when is it not. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the person calling thinks it's excessive. So it's difficult. So for those, I really try to strike a balance and really try to get uh, cooperation from like the dog owner, per se. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Next up, I've, we have a, this is a, this is a, this is a collaborative question. Collaborative that, question. Um... We all really want to know. Yeah. And, okay, 
teenagers, you know, sometimes you're in a rush, sometimes you get pulled over, <laughs> sometimes it's because of speeding, and sometimes you have to explain yourself. Sometimes you hit a parked car. <laughs> <laughs> what is the what is your advice? Um, the best way to charm an officer <laughs> out of a ticket. Out of a ticket. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I- I'll say this. Um, definitely, your your best bet is to own up to what you did, right? Um, a lot of officers will step up to you and they'll say, do you know why I'm pulling you over? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just going to give it flat out. They want to know that you know that you're guilty of something, right? Okay. And it's essentially, if you say, oh, yes, I know I was speeding, well, that's helping their case, right? They've got you on body cam admitting to speeding. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily have to say, yes, I know I was speeding, but... My advice to you would be to not deny mm-hmm. uh, or, and not give excuses. So, for instance, if you might be going a little fast and you get pulled over, the officer might say, do you know why I pulled you over? You might say, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Can you tell me why you pulled me over? They might say, well, you're going fast. Do not say I'm late for school. Okay. Do not okay. say I'm late for work, right? Mm-hmm. Because that these excuses... They don't uh, care. Right, they don't care. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I, I would say your best bet is to own, and not don't own it if you didn't do it, right? If they say, hey, you're speeding, I got you going 55, and you know you weren't, then by all means, you're, you're going to use your rights as a, as, a, as a citizen, and you'll fight it in court, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you know it's you, I would just own it and say, oh, I'm sorry, I, you know, I should know better, um, and, and go from there. Uh, mm-hmm. Any flack that you give the officer, like officers are human beings, right? Mm-hmm. So... Any flack that you give them, I feel like an officer is tend to looking for an excuse then to write you that ticket right. instead of a warning, you know? And to me, like, for instance, if I pulled over Jill for speeding, right? This is <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say this is before this I is met Jill. Hypothetical. Before I realized, right, that she was like Stuco Prez. <laughs> she had a lot of weight in Park Ridge. Um, let's just say I had no idea, and I just pulled her over for speeding, Honestly, if she said, I'm sorry, officer, you're right, I should know better, I apologize. To me, I'm thinking, oh, you know what, I've already pulled her over, she knows what she did, it's not a big deal if I write her a warning, because frankly, writing her a warning is quicker, quicker than, right. than writing yeah. a, a ticket. So I'm much more disposed to say, this kid, like, she knew what she did, she apologized, I'm going to write her a warning. Uh, now, there's no guarantee, right? Um, <laughs> not a secret recipe, right? Right, right, but that's my best advice to you. Wow. Is it is it true that at the end of the month, officers are looking to get more tickets? So that's, that's a fair question. I'll say this. So we don't have a quota uh, in Park Ridge, okay? Um, the expectation is that you're going to do your duties as a police officer. Part of your duties is traffic enforcement. But listen, if, if no one's speeding, I can't write the ticket, right? Um, so... Part of my duties is traffic enforcement. If I can show and tell my bosses, hey, look, I was out there. I was watching this intersection that you say is, you know, has mm-hmm. got a lot of speeders. I was out there three times this week. I didn't see any speeders. Then my bosses are going to be satisfied that I'm doing my job, right? I'm not just sitting around being lazy, eating donuts. Totally, <laughs> I'm doing my job. So, so we don't have, and I can't speak for all departments, but I can speak for Park Ridge that that's the case. That, that it, it would surprise me if that at the end of the month there's more tickets because we don't have a quota. I have another question for you. Have you ever acc- have you p- ever pulled over like one of your friends or someone you knew and has it been really <laughs> awkward? 
Um, I'll tell you, you know what? I, I, I pulled over my sixth grade teacher. Oh, my God. No. Yes, yes. So. <laughs> that's that's oh awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> so. Stick it to her with a $500. I went to, <laughs> so I grew up uh, in Rogers Park in the city, but then also I, I moved to Skokie. But I went to Notre Dame High School here, right, yeah. in, mm-hmm. on Dempster. But I went to a small Catholic grade school in the city, Hardy Prep. And my sixth grade teacher was Mrs. Steenbelt. She's a lovely lady. Shout out, Mrs. Steenbelt. Shout out, Mrs. Steenbelt. <laughs> I think she's probably still alive. So, yes, uh, I pulled her over, and I kind of thought, man, this lady looks like Mrs. Steenbelt, right? And when she gave me her driver's license, it said Steenbelt. And I was like, oh, my God, Mrs. Steenbelt. Hi, it's Carlos Penizo. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's too and good. she said, here's the thing. I don't know if she was using her own charming on the officer to get out of a ticket, but she said she remembered me, which I have my doubts, right? Because I'm a teacher, yeah, especially like, okay. like many years later, oh, yeah. right? It was over 20, maybe even 30 mm-hmm. years later. Wow. Right? Yeah. Uh, so she said she remembered me. Of course, I didn't write her the ticket. It wasn't awkward, okay. though. It was kind of weird and interesting. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I've always wondered that. <laughs> All right. So, kind of off track towards the uh, the officer uh, job, we're gonna ask you, and this is a top. This is a question that we we feel you need to be honest with us on. You know, not no bias here. What is your favorite lunch table talk episode? Favorite lunch table talk episode. Um, so here, I, I guess this is a good time to tell my lunch table talk story. Yes, oh, yes, so absolutely. My, my, we want to get origin lunch table talk. So. This is, uh, last year, uh, I was speaking with uh, Mr. Eater. Now, Mr. Eater was an assistant principal last year. He's since gone on to Lyons Township High School. Shout out to Lyons Township High School. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Lyons Township. So we were in a meeting one day, and we were talking about podcasts, right? What podcasts you listen to? And I'm like, oh, I listen to the sports podcast or this fantasy football podcast or true crime podcast. And he's telling me his podcast that he's listening to. He's like, of course, the main self podcast. I'm like, what? Main self podcast? What are you talking about? What main self podcast? He's like, lunch table talk you got you know you don't listen to it. i'm like okay oh I'm gonna listen to wow. it. so it was like after graduation last year I, it was like in may i listened to it and it was like aaron doherty and justin Brosnan, which mm-hmm. justin Brosnan and aaron doherty i had known from speaking in their social studies classes okay. so at first i my mind was blown and i'm like what i like new famous people and i didn't, <laughs> I didn't even know <laughs> that i knew famous people like i wasted all that time i knew them <laughs> Uh, and then, like, now they had already graduated, and I couldn't, mm. like, rub elbows with famous people anymore. <laughs> and Grace Jenick, who I, I didn't know Grace Jenick, so I, it wasn't such a big deal to me. But, so I listened <laughs> Shout to that Grace episode, <laughs> and that was my first episode I listened to, and it was really cool. They, they talked about that they put stickers up around school. Yes. yes. And Erin Doherty said that she put one up in the lunchroom, and that the next day it was gone. And I said, oh, my God, that was me. <laughs> that was me. That took that no, no. Because I remember being, and this was last year in the lunchroom, there was like 20 kids in the entire cab at one time, right? Mm-hmm. But I saw this sticker go up one day, and I was like, lunch table? What is that? This is like some, like, four guys who are sophomores in a garage band. Yeah, They're, like, trying stupid. to get cred by putting their stickers up in school. I'm like, I'm taking this down. This is ridiculous. Um, so it was me. So that was very cool. Uh, I listened to that, and then of course I said, "Oh, I gotta listen to all the episodes." So I'm gonna say the all first the one. The first one I ever listened to was probably my favorite because it, it got me into it. And then okay. of course I went back and listened to the uh, the Jack and Jensen episodes. Yes. I mean, so I spent the summer. Wow. I usually did a couple episodes a week. Um, and it, it one day, while now during the summer, I'm on back on the street, right? I'm mm-hmm. just in a normal yeah. car. 
So usually I work days and I'll go like into Jewel or Trader Joe's to get a snack. And I'm in there and I see Erin Doherty <gasps> working the register at Trader Joe's. Spotting. And she knows me. I know her. She's like, hey, officer, please. I'm like, Erin, you did not tell me that you were famous. <laughs> and I told her that I was listening to. And she was like, oh, thanks for supporting the podcast. She was very nice, right? Mm -hmm. The lady behind me was like, oh, my, should I get her autograph or something? Oh, my gosh. Like, she was like completely like starstruck by Erin Doherty, as well she should be. Um, so I'm going to say yes. That's probably my favorite episode. The first one I ever listened to. It was the last episode of last year. Mm -hmm. Wow. We love that. That's like such a good origin story. Like, oh. Yes. My yes. Good to know. I'm so excited that you took the time to listen to all the podcasts. I know. <laughs> I did. I'm going to say, yeah, I went back, listened to them. I, that first Jensen and Jack uh, podcast on Apple podcast, on Apple iTunes, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then I found out that they had done some on YouTube, right? Because the first episode, yeah. I feel like it says episode six or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I went back and tried to listen to some of those. The YouTube ones weren't so great, and they were tough to listen to because they were broken up every 15 minutes. But, yeah, I went back full on. Like, it was great to listen. You could hear Jensen and Jack just become so much better at their, at their yeah. jobs as they went through it. They talked to a lot of talented kids even right so they're yeah they're interviewing kevin mcnulty. They pick for their interviews are awesome <laughs> kevin that, that's going to be my second favorite because kevin mcnulty oh my goodness that, that is, that is so the most funny. views and I or had, listens really um, yeah. i had come to the v show before and i had no idea who he was right and <laughs> yeah I, I saw his stand-up routine i'm like yes. this kid's really talented yes his his interview was insanely uh insanely what's the word i'm looking for um Entertaining, mm -hmm. right? Just you, you could listen to him talk yeah. uh, for days. So yeah, great, great interviews with talented students, great interviews with teachers. Uh, I even had to listen to the Mr. Barrett interview on headphones, right? Because yes, it's like, a little quiet. Yeah, a little <laughs> quiet. Um, and then True. again, it, just to listen to that, like in a microcosm, like this two and a half year span, and you could. It was really eerie to hear them talk whispers of coronavirus, right? When they're oh like, my oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. You know, there's episodes where they talk about science class and like, yeah, they're talking about some virus in China. I don't That's... know. Do you think it'll affect us? And just to hear them come through really and eventually like documented the yes, whole thing. Yes, and then they're like, oh, we're not in school, but we're still doing the podcast. It was really <laughs> cool to listen. I mean, here we are today doing this podcast. We're all in masks mm -hmm. still. Yeah. Um, so maybe there will be in the future like someone that's listening to these podcasts so that they're like they got through all the coronavirus like what's coronavirus yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's so crazy that you like notice that yeah, yeah. The... well because i listened to like i said just in a two-month span like two and a half years of podcasts it was probably i want to say 40 or 50 episodes that i listened to one or two a day um but it, it's kind of cool when you listen to them mm -hmm. all back to back you see that creeping up and you see it hit oh my god how it how it happened right yeah yeah that's that's awesome. awesome speaking of like little memories we got i have a question what was your favorite high school memory uh favorite high school memory let's see um so i went to notre dame high school um man that's a good question um we are playing Notre Dame in hockey on Sunday night, by the way. Really? Yes. Did not know that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, you know what? I enjoyed uh, – this is a great memory. So this is my junior year of high school. And at Notre Dame, we had uh, – it's an all-boys school. So yeah. we had sister schools. That's how you socialize with girls. Like we had Resurrection <laughs> High School. And at the time, there was a high school that had closed Marillac High School, which I had a lot of friends, uh, girlfriends that went mm -hmm. to Marillac High School. So one of them said, hey, uh, we're doing Sound of Music 
you should come do the crew for Sound of Music, right? And I and I enjoyed, like as a kid mm-hmm. in grade school, being on stage and singing and dancing, but I hadn't done it in high school. Uh, and she said, if you work on the crew, and I said, I'll come see your show, but I don't know that I want to work on the crew, right? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, if you work on the crew, you get to miss a day of school because <laughs> we have performances for grade schools during the day. So, like, the, they Soul. write you a letter. Like, so I was like, sign me up. I'm totally going to do that. And so I would, like, operate the spotlight for Sound of Music, right? Like, 1985, Marillac High School. Um, but that gave me the like a, a performing bug, right? So uh, then I auditioned for the next play, and I continued acting in college. And I actually got a um, a full scholarship to Northeastern Illinois University through uh, speech and performing arts. So I'm going to say that that's my favorite high school memory. Wow. That's that's awesome. That's honestly really timely right now. There's also the fall play. Starts yes. tomorrow. Charlotte's Web. I see yes. lots of students out there with their t-shirts. Yes. It's awesome. That's that's a that's a really good memory. I don't know. I I always like hearing people just like what people remember the most from high school. Especially like now it's like kind of nostalgic being a senior. I don't know. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, we probably have time for one more question. Which one do you guys think we should do? I I like the first one. What is the hardest part about being a cop? Uh, hardest parts. Let's see. It's tough, and I'll say this is probably timely, right? Uh, over the past couple of years, there's been a lot of public um, uh, missteps, right, by police. A lot of them caught on on video, uh, and and it's unfortunate uh, that it happened. But that doesn't necessarily get me down. Um, but I know that as and uh, as a whole, law enforcement has a lot of trust to re-earn, right, from society. Mm-hmm. So I get that. Um, and there's a part of me that's like, come on, dude, like, I, I didn't do any of that bad <laughs> stuff. Why am I going to have to earn trust? But I also get it that, like, I have to take on uh, just being part of the law enforcement community, that I have to own those mistakes that happened in the past and that I have to do my part to get past that and, just to, and to re-earn that trust in community. Uh, from the community. So it's difficult, right? That doesn't mean necessarily that I'm like out there kissing extra babies out in the community. (laughs) Um, But it's definitely, uh, I know that like everything I do is being watched and and that's okay, right? I've got nothing to hide. Um, By all means, feel free to audit me whenever you want, right? Because I know I'm doing the right thing, but it's just, uh, maybe it's, that's a bit of a challenge, Mm -hmm. uh, but I welcome it. uh, and, And I feel good that, you know, like, all in law enforcement, or let's say, I hope all in law enforcement is embracing that as well and saying that by all means, yeah, we're we're going to do everything we can to earn back that trust. Well, just know us students are all very grateful for everything that you guys all do for our community, and will continue to be grateful for that mm-hmm. forever. So yeah. thank you for everything that you do. We could really talk here. I mean, for like two more hours like it it could be like a two-hour long podcast but we probably got through about 15 percent of our questions (laughs) if there's going to be a part two i'm not going to say that i wouldn't say yes to it there might have to be a part two to be honest i think for sure we'll let you know keep it 100 100 and if you guys don't know officer panizo is the one that directs the traffic from a wing he gets us into school out of school very quickly so give him a thank you if you ever see him Yes, give him a wave. Yeah, um, I did my best. <laughs> you're doing great. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that's all we have time for today. Yeah, if you could give me a scouting report on Game Friday, I'm making my return, <laughs> making my return this weekend. So 
I, listen, I'm looking He's forward. Back. I'm going to say, like, I, I'm a big fan of Touchdown Time in <laughs> <laughs> right. so, so, like, I, I was a football player as well, right? And, like, like, I look at you and I'm like, I see a lot of me. <laughs> you're, you're a lot more accomplished than I ever was. Thank you. Um, right? But, like, you're like a 5'11", 170 scrappy wide receiver back, which was what I was. <laughs> uh, but nowhere near as awesome as you are. So, Thank you. I very I much appreciate you, that. And I say, like, right? Like, that's why I love, like, Adam Humphreys or Hunter Renfro. These are, yeah. mm-hmm. these are wide receivers in the NFL that are basically the size of me and Tommy, yeah. which the people the size of me and Tommy have no business playing in the NFL. No business playing in college guys, either. Right. <laughs> these guys have done it and have done it at the highest level. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm a big fan of Touchdown <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I very much appreciate that. Well, we're a big fan of you. And Thank you. Yeah, we are big fans of you. You were by far the best um, interview we could have had on for our very first yes. one. Oh, thank had you guys you. so much. I had a blast, and I look forward to seeing you all guys in the hallways. Uh, and possibly a part two. Yeah. yeah exactly. Just <laughs> stay totally tuned. In. Stay tuned. 1042. Go Hawks. <laughs>